Hello and welcome to Lit by Moonlight, where it's not a phase to be persuaded in a way that literally ruins your life. Mm, can't tell you how many times that's happened to me. <laughs> it's all from my persuasion and it's part of my devious evil plan. Ah, oh, Dawn. <laughs> In Jane Austen's final book, Persuasion, and the final book of Jane Austen August, young Englishwoman Anne Elliot was persuaded by her friends and family to forgo a marriage to Navy Captain Frederick Wentworth. When the two are united seven years later, hijinks and a second chance at love ensue. Persuasion is considered Austen's most mature novel as she wrote it whilst approaching 40 and with marvelous use of free and direct discourse. Hello, my name is Caitlin, and I think it should be illegal to adapt a book into a movie or television show if you didn't read or don't fully understand said book. That's a, that's a big take. So take. Hello, my name is Emberlyn, and if Dakota Johnson ever looks me in the eye, I will turn into dust and let the wind carry me to hell. <laughs> I am so excited for us to talk about the, the movie that accompanies this book, the most recent Netflix film, <laughs> and I'm really excited for us to get into it later, but I don't think I it should be called say, a film. <laughs> is that what I said? <laughs> yeah. I just don't think it deserves such a such a title you know a series of pictures and and sounds and dakota johnson looking at me <laughs> in a way better. that i wish i didn't have to experience it, what great timing though for us to be talking about persuasion at a time when this movie at least uh by the time that this episode's airs will have been out for a month i'm sure all of you will have seen it <laughs> <laughs> if you hate yourselves yes you've seen this <laughs> um but for now let's focus on the book because it i think that um in order for us to get to bitching and moaning about the movie like i think it deserves um i think we first should be giving jane austen her flowers so caitlin was there a specific moment in this book that hooked you uh not to be a disappointment to myself and everyone who is listening to this but uh, I don't have a hook for this book. Uh, I think I desperately want to be a huge Jane Austen fan, but I think the reality is I'm a Pride and Prejudice fan, and that's it. I I say it a lot on this podcast, but this is truly a me problem, I swear, because I just couldn't really get into the story of Persuasion because books written during this time period just aren't my cup of tea i don't think that it has nothing to do with the writing has nothing to do with the story because i still think uh stories like this can be relatable and like they have been so far but i just personally have a hard time relating to it when the language used is so different and i get frustrated when regency era problems could easily be fixed by modern solutions <laughs> So. By modern solution. Yeah. yeah, there were definitely like, quite a few things that happened throughout the Austin books that I was like, just talk to each other. Yeah, and but... I, that's like my biggest <laughs> thing. Like, I, one of my like, most least favorite things is when I just want two characters to just talk to each other. Like, if you just talk to each other, none of your problems would exist. Uh, and mm. that happens a lot in Jane Austen books. And uh, again, it, it's they're great books, but I, they're. You know, 
I just yeah. it's a me thing. <laughs> it's just I just yeah. I want I want so badly to like Jane Austen books more than I do because I fuck I love Pride and Prejudice. Uh-huh. But that's it. <laughs> Period. Yeah. Uh, I feel like yeah. No, like people like what they like. I feel like you're that's fair to feel that way, right? Like I I feel like I can only take so many like modern corporate romance books. Yeah. Where it's like the title, like the the title is something like A Day at the Beach. And then like the pictures on the front are are like super corporate art um shots of like a of a, like a heterosexual couple and like they're like they both have their their hands crossed and they're back to back. Yeah. <laughs> because whenever I think about that I want to die. Yeah. So I think you're valid. I feel like people can like what they like, you know? Yeah. So did you have a moment that hooked you for persuasion? Yeah, I I did. Um, I wouldn't say that there was a moment that hooked me for say either, because I think this book does run a little slower. Um, it's a gentle book. It's a gentle book. <laughs> but for me, I definitely, if anything, it was when Captain Wentworth returned. I, I don't know if that was my hook, but that was definitely what, the point when I think I was like, oh, this is, things are getting interesting. Like, I started to do that thing that where I, like, rub my hands together to create <laughs> friction and heat, like, in, like, an evil person and, like, a, like, like the, like, the villain in a, in a television cartoon. Um, so, I was really excited because, like, can you imagine if you spent seven years kind of pining over this long-lost love that you screwed up, and now he's back? I'd die. Yeah. Like, I would <laughs> die of cringe, especially if... When he goes back, he's like, I don't even recognize her. I'd be like, what do you mean you'll recognize me? <laughs> like, I thought about you for every day for seven years and you don't know who I am. And he comes back and he's like, I barely recognize her. She's so haggard looking. <laughs> like, I'd die. I'd be like, oh my God. Because everybody wants to glow up after they've broken up with their ex. But instead, if you let it consume you and you become, I guess, um, kind of like, uh, like, um, sad looking like like i guess anna's described throughout the beginning of this book this <laughs> is so sad just to be like and she looks really sad just like yeah because she is <laughs> she just looked like she'd lost all of the color in her face or whatever <laughs> however she was described in that book i was like oh my god this poor girl because oh. <laughs> jane austen's writing and jane's like this is so about Anne. she's ugly as shit <laughs> she used to be gorgeous but she let this man get a hold of her and now she is just like she glowed down <laughs> she, like um yeah and also just for austin to write like a situation ship uh yeah. not to use the millennial humor uh or terminology that we're going to talk about later in that godforsaken netflix adaption um but like to, to for her to write a situation ship of this magnitude um well over two centuries ago is just kind of remarkable to me because it feels like it feels like a very popular plotline today for like oh the ex is back yeah for that to be something but it's just interesting to see that adapted here because this book was written in the uh, early mid 1800s and it just it's just fascinating to me that that's the case that this was something that you could like laugh about back then right you know <laughs> so that was mine I liked it did you while reading this book I was gonna say unlike me I did read the book. I just don't remember it. <laughs> Do I, did I? Unlike me, I didn't read the book. Unlike we have me. a podcast though, where one of us read the book and then the other has to like explain it. It, <laughs> it was more like when I say I read the book, I mean I turned the audiobook on and it played while I was also in the room. <laughs> so. Yeah, 
I was there. <laughs> the book was there, and so was I. And we so were in the I. same room. We That's were coexisting, but I put headphones on, and I wasn't me. <laughs> yes. Uh, but did you yes. have a favorite quote from Persuasion? Uh-huh. Um, the first is from Anne. She says, I hate to hear you talk about all women as if they're fine ladies instead of rational creatures. None of us want to be in calm waters all our lives. Um, she basically said, like, you mischaracterize our entire sex by assuming gentleness and delicacy in us about above a stimulating life. And I just love her for that because I feel like at this point there's this notion of delicacy among women. Yeah. And I feel like maybe Jane Austen here is, is telling the readers and telling society directly, no, women are more complicated. Women are more dimensional than that. And they, they need lives beyond the, the delicate assumptions that men make about them. Yep. Um, and I just like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's a, that's a fine line for the 1800s. As, yeah, especially from coming from the 1800s where, like, ever, like, I think it was easier for women to be like, oh, they're just soft and gentle and that's all they are. They're fragile. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's me still. <laughs> and then <laughs> and the other was, of course, uh, from um, uh, Mr. Wentworth's letter where he says to Anne, um, you pierce my soul. I'm half agony, half hope. I have loved none but you. Wow. Um, such a banger, uh, but mostly because this is prose and Netflix could never. <laughs> and wow. That's all. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Um, I do, despite my lack of knowledge of this book, I do have a couple quotes that I liked. Um, my first one is, there could have been no two hearts so open, no taste so similar, no feelings so in unison. And I love that mm. because when two people have an instant connection like this, whether it be in a friendship or a romantic relationship, it when someone just gets you, it's such a nice feeling. And like, you know you're not alone because there's someone out there who's just like you and they know your thoughts. And if you feel like, it's like one of those things where if, you're trying to explain something and to someone where one person may not ever understand you, but this person's like, I know exactly how you feel. Like, yeah, that's, that's a really nice feeling. Um, and then I also put now they were as strangers, worse than strangers for they can never become acquainted. And I just want to put this here because one owl and Uh two, the fact that they had Dakota Johnson say, now we're worse than strangers. We're exes. That's like that's a hate crime, of some sort. It feels it, it felt wrong, and I feel a victim. <laughs> the negativity I'm going to dispel about this movie, like f- subscribe f- for more complaining. Yeah, because I'm here, I'm here to be a hater. And if you're listening and you're like, I liked Netflix's Persuasion, please tell us why. I'm genuinely being curious. Like I just. Is it because we know what the story is supposed to be like? And also, just curiosity if there's someone out there who was like, yeah, this was a good movie. Like, no hate. I just want to know what your take is on it. Enlighten um, me. I can't even make, I can't even go that far because I'm like, is there, if there's someone out there, there is no one out there. That person doesn't <laughs> I, I don't exist. think they exist either, but if you're listening RDMs and you're like, actually, empty. yeah, as they should. <laughs> I'm going to make a troll account and then, like, go and DM us and just be the person that likes Persuasion on our behalf. Actually, this or is a masterpiece. Movie. Yeah. Um, I love that. And I love, I especially love, I think you pointed out um, 
the no two hearts no open quote i absolutely adore that quote that's yeah. another banger i feel like because the prose is, is remarkable and also just because of how netflix series down like downplayed it it just makes me think though of like the person in your life that gets you like i'll i always think back to like because um, when I read this, I was thinking about this. When Vishwas and I are, are public and we meet somebody and we kind of have a vibe about them, yep. we'll just look at each other. And that's how we know. Yeah. Like, you know, like, we just know the moment we have a conversation. Like, like we know we're both going to go home and talk shit about it later. <laughs> and I think that's, like, the great thing about, um, you know, like, having friendships and relationships where, where you just get each other. Yep. Oh, I love that she was able to capture that. Oh, thank you, Jane. 10 out of 10 um so if you were to write a letter to your long-lost lover and pass it off to them in silence what song would you include uh in that letter caitlin if you could what song lyrics i would pick would you be so kind by Dodie, which is a song about a failed relationship and um some of the lyrics are so I can tell you why. How are your lungs? Are they in pain? Because mine are aching. Like, I really like that. Because, like, like, oh, she's feeling, she's still feeling pain from this relationship, but is the other person. Um, and then just, like, the, would you be so kind as to fall in love with me? It's just, like, ow, that hurts. Because it's, like, you're asking someone, please, please come back. But they're not gonna. <laughs> What would, uh, what would you pick? So, it's a tie. I'd say Lady by the Sea by Steven Sanchez. Um, sincerely. Because it's like a book about... It's a book. It's a book. It's a <laughs> song um, about a lady by the sea. Wow. And uh, that's Good what title. happens in the book. Wow. So, that's about as... as um, that's about as in-depth as I could have gotten with that. But if I really wanted to write a, a letter to someone right now to seduce them, I would simply write... The following words: <laughs> O'Leary, O'Reilly, O'Hara, and O'Hara. There's no one as Irish as Barack Obama. <laughs> no. From the old Blarney Stone to the green hills of Tara, there's no one as Irish as Barack Obama. This is from the hit song. There's no one as Irish as Barack Obama by the Corrigan brothers. Did I did I send that to you on TikTok recently? No, okay. but it's all over my TikTok. <laughs> you probably did. And I just, I have to be sat down and held at gunpoint to check my TikTok messages. Um, but if you did, then yeah. And it's been in my head for literally weeks now. I and saw literally it. the whole time I was watching the movie the other night, I was like... <laughs> O'Leary, O'Reilly, O'Hara, and O'Hara. There's no one, one as Irish as Barack, Barack Obama. Obama. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that the other day, and I was like, "This is so fucking funny." <laughs> I, was, I think I there's something it camp about it. Yeah, it definitely added to all my playlists. <laughs> it's on my workout playlist for summer. It's on my yoga playlist. It's my sleep music for when I go to sleep at night. <laughs> it's it's in the middle of the night. You're just fucking. <laughs> my sleep paralysis demon is actually an Irish Barack Obama. <laughs> I get which I mean, frankly, he already is Irish, so I mean he's 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 just it's just Barack Obama. I mean or or maybe it's even oh. Terrible sounds coming from him. Maybe it's right now. maybe it's even 
like the statues of him that are in his hometown or his his great grandfather's his great great grandfather yeah. uh, his ancestor's hometown in ireland because there's a statue of him and, and michelle there and oh. if you go to the original video for the sound you can see them and i love them so much they're so cute but also imagine waking up in the middle of the night and seeing them in your house (laughs) 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 along with that cardboard cutout of uh okay side sorry just because why not yeah so back in the day my one of my my best friend from uh elementary school her sister back during the twilight craze had a large cardboard cutout of Edward Cullen. Oh, no. Of Robert Pattinson as Edward Cullen. It was, like, life-sized. And one day, one day, uh, when I was going out into their kitchen in the middle of the night to get a snack, <laughs> or, like, the living room or something, it was out someplace publicly in the house. I went out there, and there it was. Wow. And I jumped out of my fucking skin. I thought I was an intruder. I was, like, ready to bolt. I was ready to bolt. I was ready... To put my social security number on my wrist and hope for the best that someone can identify me at the end of that night. I was really frightened. Oh, that's terrifying. It, it also sounds like something straight out of fan fiction. It's like, I woke up in the middle of the night and there he was, there he was. standing in the kitchen. <laughs> Edward Cullen, sparkling by moonlight. And when, I went to, and when I went to touch him, I said, Edward, your skin is so stiff and cold. And he was like, that's because I'm made of cardboard. <laughs> and then he waddled away. Waddle, waddle. <laughs> I'm Love just picturing it like a cardboard going mm-hmm. <laughs> like back and forth. Like he's a Muppet. Like you know how like the Muppets walk? It's just kind of like a bob back and forth. <laughs> he's just bopping around the house. Who's that bobbing around your house in there, Jan? Oh, that's Edward. He's making tea. You know how it'd be. He can't use his hands or his limbs because he's made of cardboard, <laughs> but he tries. Do not let him go out in the rain. He will die. <laughs> <laughs> Then there's no one as Irish as Barack Obama. <laughs> anyway, um, I had to bring it back. That was a callback, everyone, for you for you at home oh who God, don't know about joke. cinematic themes. <laughs> that was a callback. So, uh, oh yeah. Um, but who would you nurse back to health if they fell over and ended up unconscious? Uh, the poor bunny that Dakota Johnson randomly always had in the Netflix movie. Uh, you're right for that. But why? <laughs> I don't know. Why? I don't know. <laughs> it was there. Um, I don't know why. I don't remember there ever being a bunny in the book that Anne always held to her chest. Um, but she also didn't talk to the reader in the book, so... Who's to say? But yeah, that bunny was there, and I just felt bad for it. I hope it was the highest paid actor on that set. Would I sound, like, really stupid if I said I didn't even know they had domesticated rabbits back then? <laughs> like, I can imagine they did, but, like, I just don't feel like that's something that a, a random British lady would keep in her house. Yeah. Like, oh, this is my rabbit. Like, that's what I'm saying. Is Yeah, I no, I don't, think, I don't think rabbits were pets. I don't, I'm just, I'm not even going to Google it, because why would I do research for this? why would i do research for the podcast you know but um i'm gonna say no (laughs) and that was just another capital a capital c a choice made by netflix to do that so what if i were to tell you that i am gonna when did buddies (laughs) become one of us is gonna be very thorough in our research for this podcast and please know it's never going to be me wow 600 a.d (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Whoa, wow uh, 
Okay, so maybe they had bunnies. And maybe Anne Elliot would have had a pet bunny. Fuck, when did And bunny? maybe when I would still pick cats bunnies. Become domesticated. Uh twelve thousand years ago. Well I can't I don't know what that okay. What is that in math in like I don't math know. years I almost <laughs> <said>. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Alright. Well bunnies are domesticated and I would nurse that bunny back to health just to have being being involved in that film. For him to just be there, you think he would have been more involved. Like in the sense that they just wanted her to have a cute thing. Like to give her some personality, but like uh, no. No. Could have done that in the script without the bunny. Anyway. When the bunny can't, when the bunny can't even give you personality <laughs> as an actress. So what character would you nurse back to health if they fell over and ended up unconscious? For me it's definitely Anne. But like book Anne, to be clear, I would do anything for book Anne. I feel like Austin has created the perfect heroine in Anne, and I adore her. Like, her respect for herself, her sense of beauty, and her well-tempered way of seeing the world. And her resilience, despite being kicked by everyone around her when she's down, essentially. Like, that's just very special to me. Like, her family is the worst. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) And she's still somehow able to be, like, very well-tempered and just, like, a beacon of kindness despite that and i think that's really admirable so uh, speaking of Anne's family what character would you hope to fall over and end up unconscious i said Anne's entire family i just felt like again i felt like there was so much they were just capital s capital m so So much much. um like oh also i was thinking about this did jane austen have an enemy called mary in real life that's a good question because if you think about it there's a lot of mary's in her books, and they're not all great. Like, in Pride and Prejudice, she's like, oh, that's Elizabeth, and she's booky and clever and stubborn, and there's Jane, who is beautiful and kind. And has the same and name as Mary, her. who has the same name as me, by the way. And Mary, <laughs> who was a total goth and boring as fuck. Literally, yeah. And in Sense and Sensibility, Austin is like, there's Eleanor, there's the one, and Mary Anne, the absolute batshit irrational one. <laughs> and here she's like, there's Anne, the rational one, and Mary, the absolute delusional narcissist. Like, who... Who was Mary Jane? Who hurt you? I just <laughs> Who hurt talk. her? Mary did, clearly. <laughs> he oh, yeah. Right Mar- <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> All right. What was, y- what was, sorry, what was the character that you hope would fall over and end up unconscious, Caitlin? Oh, uh, I said Dakota Johnson. Mm. One too many looks at the camera for me. And also, what the fuck was she doing there? I don't know, but we can unpack that later. I, I would have said an actual book character, but guys, all I could remember was Anne's name. <laughs> and I was like, I can't, I can't answer this. I feel bad. I shouldn't be allowed to be here right now. I'm actually almost afraid to ask. Do you have any peaks or valleys for this book, Caitlin? Well, as you can see in our note docs, <laughs> my peaks are empty. And that is because I don't remember shit from this book. I don't, I don't, I really don't. I remember the plot points, but not enough for to be like, I really like that part. Because mm. I remember being really excited when I finished it because I was like, ah, oh, finally, I did this because I was on a time crunch. And that was three weeks ago. <laughs> I don't remember anything from the book. So I, if I read, if I sat down and I read the book right now, would I have peaks? Probably. But. That's yeah. not going to happen. So I do not have any peaks for this book, unfortunately. 
Um, I do have a couple valleys, but we can get to that in a second. What are your peaks? This you read the book and are actually a really good uh, book podcaster. I said that the settings of Lime and Bath mm-hmm. were really fascinating because they create this aesthetic that I felt was really different from Austin's other novels. Um, because then this becomes a book I would take to the beach or the English seaside more specifically. Yeah. I just liked that. It just felt it felt like cozy, but in a different way than the other books felt because the other books are like contained in the countryside and on farms and um in balls but this one just felt very different like beachy and romantic and i just it just for it just for me it reiterated my desire to like live on the beach yeah all the time and just be on the beach all the time just walk into the water walk into the ocean don't come back (laughs) i also like ride a shark into the ocean (laughs) i also like this place is called bath because i love me a good bath mm-hmm. and also miss jane austen lived in bath oh, did she? for a time which i think is what inc- inc- made her like want to incorporate that into the story i find that this book is a lot more personal than some of her other books yeah um maybe because she was writing it toward the end of her life i don't know if maybe i don't know it just it just is interesting to me um and then my other peak was a love triangle there's a love triangle in this book uh, between uh, Sir Walter and Captain Wentworth and Anne, it's a subtle love triangle. Um, but I love that that exists in this book. I typically don't care for love triangles in modern books, especially young adult. Hence me almost calling the police on a Edward Cullen cutout. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at my friend's house. Uh, but I think the execution here uh, is just so different and special. In a good classical book, it just makes sense more so to me than it does in YA where I feel like it's completely overused but in classical books I always just like the vibe like in YA there's always this vibe of like he's the dark one and he's the light one which yeah. one do I choose yeah <laughs> but in persuasion the love triangle presents changing perceptions about the expectations for and responsibility of men as laborers in society and particularly when it comes to marriage so if a man like sir walter who seeks inheritance and not work and a man like captain wentworth who sought labor to obtain success and it's really interesting dichotomy considering how much of austin's previous works center around marrying into good society and how this one feels especially personal, seeing as her brothers were both in the Navy, much like Captain Wentworth. Um, it, it just felt more mature yeah. and more meaningful. And there's just something more romantic and pining and angsty to me about uh, a love triangle in a classic novel as opposed to like a young adult novel. Um, so that was my take. Uh, like those it. were my peaks. I like it. Um, my valley for the actual book was that because Frederick's last name is Wentworth, I once again got the J.G. Wentworth jingle in my head again. Um, every time, every time in the audiobook, I'd hear Wentworth in my head. I'm like, J.G. Wentworth. And every time you say Wentworth in this podcast, it's just continuing to reiterate itself into my head and cement it into my brain. So that would be a valley for me. And then I, my other valley was the Netflix movie. <laughs> Because as it should be as it should be it's funny because i think this is the second time that we've mentioned the jg wentworth it is. um jingle in this podcast yep. so we are we'll be expecting a check in the mail from them <laughs> yes please um if they know better if they know what's good for them <laughs> if you know what's good for uh, them, jg wentworth give me that 877 you, cash now <laughs> you know what we'd like 
you to do, J.J. Wentworth. <laughs> My Valley was also the Netflix movie, so I think we need to talk about it. Yeah. Let's talk about this stupid fucking film that doesn't even deserve the title of film. First of all, I just want to say, I've never hated a movie score so immediately oh my in my God. entire life. Speak that into a... What the fuck was that? It was horrible. It was like... It was nothing. It gave us nothing. I... Oh my God. I've never been so fucking put off by a staccato in my life. I hated it. It was just immediately like, hee hee, we're quirky and we're doing persuasion. Like, no. It's like, there's this guy on TikTok who, uh, he makes like different versions of like well-known themes and he did like, uh, <laughs> he basically called it like the quirky Avengers theme where it's just like, if one of the Avengers <laughs> had to go out and like get milk and it was just like a, a random Tuesday at the Avengers court, it's like, <laughs> there's always like a little bit of symbol, like, <laughs> it was just really, yeah. it was really funny and it was like stupid and quirky and that's exactly what this movie had and it shouldn't have had because you don't do that for the story i don't know what they thought they were doing i think they their goal was to have like a modern version of it and that's why they did the whole like almost like mockumentary style but it doesn't work it doesn't well fucking work (laughs) well what confused me also is like it wasn't even true mockumentary because like To me, it wasn't true documentary because of the cameras. Right. Like, it wasn't like a, here, follow me through this house. You can, the cameras and the whole documentary crew will follow me. It was just a regular, like, it was like the same cinematography as, like, Emma or Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. And, like, only Dakota Johnson, and I'm going to keep saying Dakota Johnson because I feel like that's doing Anne Elliott a disservice to call her Anne Elliott Mm -hmm. because she was not her. No. But... It was only Dakota Johnson, and she was always there. The only time she ever, like, talked to the camera was being like, this is so-and-so, and here's what they are like. Like, no, don't tell me who they are. Show me. Show me. Show me. It was so fucking annoying. And then she would, like, I don't know, lament all the time. And I just feel like if you're going to have a movie or anything where someone's talking into the camera... It should be in a time period, like, it suggests that you're in a time period where cameras exist. And this yeah. doesn't work. And uh, Her, oh my god, there's a, there's a article headline based, that said the writer, like, whoever, the creators of Persuasion should go to jail. <laughs> and I kind uh-huh. of agree. <laughs> like, at least, like, they'll have time to, like, read the book while they're there. Because this was a crime. There was a lot, yeah, there was a lot going on there. I feel like also, like, if you were going to make a modern persuasion, make a modern persuasion. Yeah. Don't make a classically, like, a, don't make a persuasion in, in that takes place way back in the Regency era. Right. But then, like, not... Like, it just didn't work. It just didn't make any sense. Hello, Manny. It just didn't make any sense. He also, yeah, he's... Honestly, he was asleep throughout the entire movie, so those were his thoughts. I didn't even finish it. 
Um, <laughs> no, oh. I didn't finish it. I started today and I was like, well, let's just see how long we can get until we have to start recording. And then it was almost six o'clock. I'm like, I have 45 minutes left of this movie and I'm never going to finish this. That's okay. I don't need to. I mean, if it makes you feel better, the last 30, 45 minutes, I kept pausing it and saying, when can I go to bed? Because I was so tired, but I just kept <laughs> thinking I should really finish it. Um, and it was just nothing happened. Nothing really happened. Nothing happened. It's okay. Nothing happened. Don't worry. Yeah, nothing happened. that's okay. Um, I don't, I didn't need to hear Mary go, I'm an empath. Like, oh, <laughs> stop. <laughs> just stop. It's so stupid. Also, it's like, okay, I, the, I'm an empath thing. Like that is an old meme now. Like that's been dead for like months now. And now you're bringing that back in to like, try to like, get me interested in this movie as a, as a member of Gen Z. Like, no, 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 I'm not looking at this girl and thinking, oh Yeah she's an empath oh yeah this girl she's just hilarious because like she's a narcissist no i'm like no stop like memifying things to like make a point like don't do that stop 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 Stop. (laughs) yeah did you have any other thoughts about this movie like off the top of your head like did it really like kick you in the balls because it was just bad it was bad who thought this was a good idea i want to know how this was passed how this was approved why it went this far the end why is it here (laughs) yeah i have the same feeling like i i just don't get it caitlin i don't understand how this got made i am confused yeah i like picture me on a whiteboard doing advanced equations to try to determine what hollywood executives one remaining brain cell approved i would like to know yeah like i'm like, this film wanted so badly to be Emma. It wanted so badly to be Clueless or Bridget Jones. And somehow also Pride and Prejudice from 2005. <laughs> and instead it just completely shot on the classical genre and on Austin's source material. And to me, that is just, like, embarrassing. Like, you spent, like, thinking thinking already about how unsustainable it is to make movies because of just the electricity required, um, the production, the resources... And how much money we blow on movies every year that are, are bad. Like, this does not help that case. Like, this is a waste of money and resources. When when I am, like, standing in ocean water in the middle of the Midwest, I am going to be blaming this movie. I'm going to be like, if we never made that stupid fucking movie, <laughs> we wouldn't be happen. here right now. The sun wouldn't be bearing down on my... um. on on me from like two miles away well actually i'd be dead but you know you get it you get it um yeah this movie was the final boss in my life um i thought it was the man who toddler wailed about beer at his senate confirmation hearing overturning roe v wade i thought it was the narcolepsy i thought (laughs) i thought it was me choking on my milkshake just now um when we took a break but no no it's Dakota Johnson breaking the fourth wall every five minutes like she's John Krasinski in an alleged period romance. And I agree with you, like, you know, like, fuck the prison industrial complex and all that. But, but jail, <laughs> jail, right to jail, straight to jail, yeah. prison, every, prison. Every single time she looked at the camera, I lost years of my life. I, like, how someone... There's a special place for people who participated in that movie. Like, woof, woof, bark, bark. not a good place. I, oh, man. 
all around bad idea, guys. I feel like I feel like this is gonna sound kind of haughty, but I, I there's something highly disrespectful to me about taking someone's final complete novel before their death and just ripping it to shreds with millennial humor and memeified one-liners. Yeah. Like, excuse you, <laughs> um, excuse you. Like when she called the collection of written music uh, that Captain Wentworth had given her a playlist. No, I damn near. <laughs> fucked right off to another dimension i caitlin listen i i almost lost it i was like this is this might be the thing that kills me this might be the thing that puts me over the edge i i just want to say that i think we're doing everyone a favor by not being a video podcast at the moment because that means that neither of us can just stare at the camera and look riley at you (laughs) you're fucking welcome everybody I oh just, my god, Ike, yike, yikes! And also, I don't know, I don't know. Like, I we were talking about this because I was like, if you're going to make persuasion, it has to be a British romance drama. It has to be, you know, like Anna Taylor Joy was an Emma. Yeah. Uh, Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley, thank you. <laughs> Kira Knightley, I just kept thinking in my head, teeth, teeth, teeth. <laughs> Um, Kira Knightley was in Pride and Prejudice and instead they got Dakota Johnson and I remember Vishwas and I were talking about the other day and he's like how did she even end up in this movie and I was like nepotism it's like I like all love but this was not this was not for her this was not her like no no don't do this don't do this to us that's enough jail (laughs) the cage is Joe Exotic (laughs) kept those tigers in anywhere but here (laughs) yeah bad movie 10 out of 10 don't recommend watching it that being said how many dilly dallies by the seaside out of five would you rate the book not the movie we all know it's zero but (laughs) how would you rate the book persuasion (laughs) um i said five dilly dallies good sir um because this is another austin book that was just really special to me and it just left me feeling cozy, and um, I loved it. Nice. How about you, Sugar Cube? Um, I've revoked my rating rights for this uh. episode because I feel like in order to correctly and fairly rate a book, you need to remember it. Uh. And I don't. So until then, my answer is nil. <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's fair. If you would you give it? Do you feel like you could give it a rating on any plane? Yeah, I feel like I feel like it'd like I feel like it'd be at least a three. That's good. Um, because of all the major plot points in the story, like I do think it was interesting. It just it's just been a bit, and I just don't remember anything. Uh, but I think I think it'd be a solid three. Three. Good. I was hoping that I I think that you do. Uh, you can, you should do reserve your right to uh, rate the book because, um, you know, maybe if it wasn't memorable, that's the book. Maybe that's maybe that's part of your rating. No, you know, I, I, I really, it's just a me thing. I, <laughs> I need to stop listening to audiobooks. I need to just physically <laughs> read the book. I said this. I'm pretty sure I said this in the last episode. I'm like, oh, the next book, I'm gonna actually read it so I can be better at this. And then I fucking didn't. Uh, if it helps me to say this, though, I feel like I don't remember a lot of what happened in Persuasion. And unfortunately, 
the movie had to be the thing that refreshed me. Yeah. Um, I, re- I watched. Which is disappointing. I watched the other movie. Um, oh, did you? I did. It was fine. Um, oh, yeah. It's a, it's an okay movie. I think a valley for me for that movie was, was their kiss at the end, where if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. But Anne, like, bites her way up to this man's mouth to kiss her (laughs) like like they're slowly they're slowly bringing their faces forward but as she's doing it she's like (laughs) moving her mouth in such a way where she's just like chomp 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 up up the air and like but like they take forever to like meet each other's mouths and they're just like in slow motion and she's chomping away at the air and finally after like three minutes they kiss on the mouth but oh my god wow. i was watching it i was like just lean into it just get it over with it was oh my god terrible deeply disturbing deeply Uh-oh. disturbing kiss i was um i was uh i was shocked and appalled <laughs> and a little scared because <laughs> i don't think this woman's ever kissed someone in her life it shows. she probably showed up to the movie set like oh fuck oh shit what are they gonna I, t- I lied to them i told them i've kissed many people before what are they gonna what are they going to do when they find out I haven't? She just starts um. licking the air and they're like, oh, is that how you do it? Like, I just want to know, like, why they chose that take. Like, were there other takes of that kiss? And, like, I I get when, like, you have a kiss on screen and you want to, like, slowly get to it. Like, a, oh, my God, are they going to? Are they gonna? But it wasn't even like that for this movie. It was just like, yeah, they're clearly going to kiss. It's just taking them forever. Are you looking it up? Yeah, I, I don't remember this. Um so i'm ready to get involved all right yeah it definitely has like the tv to the tv movie vibe which is like whatever fine are you there i think so um (laughs) (laughs) see what i mean (laughs) is she okay actual it's it's her slowly <laughs> she literally bites her way up oh, out. No. and he i don't think he's moving at all she's just slowly in slow motion coming up to him i look disheveled because of that like i look like i just ran through a cornfield just simply because that's what it felt like to experience that she looked like she was trying to eat an ear of corn <laughs> Um, but yeah. it was invisible, so <laughs> that that kiss know. alone kind of makes some of the looks to the camera Dakota Johnson gives okay, you know? <laughs> yeah, like she's saying, "Can you believe this?" And I'm kind of like, like oh, yeah, "Yeah, girl, yeah, you're yeah. right. Actually, I can't believe this." Oh, there's a weird thing going on. <laughs> I will be putting that in the description of this episode, so don't you worry. <laughs> you too <laughs> can experience that kiss if you but want to don't. call it that don't <laughs> yeah this is content your warning. warning content warning don't corn cob <laughs> don't 
Um, so Caitlin, <laughs> as we are wrapping up Jane Austen August, Jane Austen and thank August. goodness that YouTube video because that was fucking nightmarish. <laughs> um, what was your favorite book from this season? Uh, Pride and Prejudice. Are you shocked? <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. It's the best, and I am right. Uh, two people <laughs> overcoming their prejudices, haha, and learning that maybe if I get to know this person and let myself live a little, I'll learn not to judge a book by its cover, haha, because this is a book, and learn that they actually love each other despite what they've been taught about the other. Ah, chef's kiss. Five stars. I love it. I just, I love seeing two people being like, maybe I was wrong about you, and then taking the time to get to know each other and falling in love. And also, hello, Pride and Prejudice 2005. Hey, girl. How are you doing? I'm good. You've gotten me through so much. Yeah, I, I, I've tried. I mean, it's been hard lately because there's this new girl in our group. Uh, her name is Persuasion 2022. Ooh, and she's she's a, li- she's a bit much. Um, she's she's kind of quirky. Oh. Um, but not in like a fun way. Oh, so um, she's like the worst version of Emma 2020? Yeah, but like Emma's nice. Emma's been chill. She's trying to get through it, um, but she definitely is is um, feeling like persuasion is trying really hard to be like her, kind of like a copycat. Like the other day, Emma posted this picture in these really cute pants. Yeah. Um, on her Instagram, but then persuasion posted the same picture, but Ooh. like with like the same post and like the same pants. Um, so I just like get like a lot of fan behavior from persuasion. That's um, embarrassing. It is embarrassing, especially considering that I'm the best. <laughs> this is true. But, like, you're very humble about it. I try to be. I try to be. <laughs> Thank you. Pride <laughs> of Prejudice 2005. You're welcome. I like to input my two cents wherever I can. As you should, because you've deserved your right. Um, <laughs> could I talk to Emberlyn 2022 again? Emberlyn's gone. Oh, no. <laughs> Emberlyn... Emberlyn got sucked into that woman's mouth when she was leaning, le- trying to kiss Captain Wentworth in that YouTube video. She's gone. She's uh, in there now. I never she's, told she her is, about She's occupying that vessel, unfortunately. Well, it was nice knowing her in these... <laughs> how, how long did I know her for? 14 years of friendship? Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah. Well, she's good. Anyway, Prime Project 2005, uh, what was your favorite book from this season? Mine was Pride and Prejudice 2005, obviously. No, just Correct. kidding. Um, <laughs> Emberlyn here somehow clawed my way out. Welcome um, back. Uh, for me, it was Emma, surprisingly. Um, it was so different than I remember it the first time I read it. I I don't think I fully grasped how much I love this book. Um, it's amazing. I <laughs> feel like Emma is one of my favorite Jane Austen heroines maybe ever because she reminds me of every 20 something I know including myself <laughs> yeah. um just like trying to figure out her life while keeping some sort of dignity and grace while also navigating naivety and I adore her and I relate to her so much for this and I just I love her I love her she deserves the best I love that for you and I'm so happy that we both have found a very good and memorable book while we have been exploring our Jane Austen August. Jane Austen August. Thank you for listening to Lit by Moonlight. <laughs> T- 
Pride that was Pride and Prejudice 2005 in there, wasn't it? Yeah, she came back for a moment. <laughs> I'm going to act with my teeth a little bit like Kira would. Cool, cool. Um, thank you for listening to Lit by Moonlight. Tune in next time when we divide into... When we did... Kira Knightley can't read also. <laughs> Pride and Prejudice 2005 can't read also. Um, thank you for listening to Lit by Moonlight. Tune in next time when we dive into our back-to-school season with everyone's favorite federally mandated book from your freshman year of high school, S.E. Hilton's The Outsiders. Stay golden. Stay golden, pony boy. (laughs) 